at the end of 2020, super gonorrhea was trending on social media. When you hear the word gonorrhea, you wouldn't be the first person to instantly think, no thank you. There is so much stigma attached to STIs, and this is one that probably carries some of the most. Gonorrhea is spread through sexual contact with an infected person, and that includes oral, anal and vaginal sex. A diagnosis is obtained through a urine test. Gonorrhea cases in England are at the highest levels since records began more than 100 years ago. Whilst we are still yet to get 2020 stats, a total of 70,936 cases were reported in 2019, which was up by more than a quarter from 2018. The figures from Public Health England suggest that between 2018 and 19, increases in gonorrhea, chlamydia and syphilis were reported in all those aged 15 and older. The largest proportional increase was for 20 to 24 year olds with gonorrhea which rose 28% from 13,623 to 17,443. A vaccine for gonorrhea has been developed that is effective in mice. Unfortunately it will not be available for human use until further studies have demonstrated that it is both safe and effective amongst humans. In this episode I'll be talking about how this pandemic has raised a real concern about the increase in cases of supergonorrhea. As always, listener discretion is necessary. It's a new year. Happy New Year. And I'm hoping 2021 gives us a little bit of respite from the BS that we were subjected to in 2020. I'm hoping this is a better year for everybody and we somehow see an end to what only can be described as a nightmarish year. I'm grateful to be here. Let me just say that. I'm grateful for every day that I have. I hope you are too. But you know, it's crazy because towards the end of 2020, super gonorrhea was trending again on the socials. Super gonorrhea, it's real, it's out there and it's increasing worryingly. There were murmurings of a highly infectious drug resistant super gonorrhea being on the rise back in 2019 when the BBC published an article on their website informing us that two women had contracted the STI and they were looking at a European party destination as the possible source of infection. That was a possibility. Now, it's important to note that the women were eventually cured of the disease, the supergonorrhea. And it was quite quickly made clear that supergonorrhea is not running rife here in the UK. But then there were some conflicting arguments in other articles. Some were saying, literally running rife, it's literally on the increase, it's everywhere, or not everywhere, but there are more and more cases being reported. It was so confusing. We didn't know what to believe, as usual. When we're being fed information quite often, we get conflicting information and this was no different. So much so, I think people just kind of heard the story and were like, yeah, all right, until it's an issue, I'm not really going to pay too much mind. And that's what we kind of tend to do as well. We'll hear a news article or we'll hear a point of news, a news point, and we'll hear it, we'll absorb it, but then we'll be like, okay, well, if I'm not hearing that more than two or three times in one day, then it's probably not as serious 
or it's not serious. It's almost like we have a filter because we're inundated with so much shit on a daily basis. We have to find a way to filter out some of the noise. And it's not a bad thing. I think over the last year, especially, I think the news has been more of a foe than a friend in that the continuous stream of negativity that's been pushed out and pumped into us via the media full stop it's caused a lot of issues it's caused a lot of mental health issues you know people are scared people are fearful a lot of people I know don't even watch the news don't pay any attention to it at all I don't know if I could go through life completely ignoring it but I do understand why it's important to keep the intake or keep your intake to a minimum I generally only absorb part of the news once a day so anyway super gonorrhea it was trending at the end of 2020 it was a thing back in sort of 2019 then it sort of died off for want of a better expression fast forward to a world rocked by covid19 here we are this super form of gonorrhea is back in the headlines and it looks like it may be developing a concerning resistance and that's fueled by the excessive use of antibiotics during this pandemic now as we know at the very beginning there was a lot of antibiotics being used that are often I guess, used to treat respiratory issues when we didn't really know what we were dealing with or when apparently we didn't know what we were dealing with. There was all sorts of different drugs that were being used in, a, in an attempt just to kind of get people well. A WHO spokesperson told a well-known tabloid online that he believes that overuse of the antibiotic azithromycin, apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly, he basically said that particular antibiotic, which is also used to treat respiratory infections and, as I've mentioned just now, was, earlier, was used earlier in the pandemic, could be one of the main reasons why this disease the supergonorrhea is developing a resistance. There is an alternative drug that can be taken for gonorrhea, but there are also concerns that strains could also develop a resistance if this is overused as well. So it's an extremely challenging situation. Now, whilst gonorrhea itself is one of the oldest STIs recorded, with a huge 90 million cases worldwide, that number is growing at an alarming rate. That rate is 17% across the world every single year. And as all eyes and minds are focused on trying to rid the world of the horror that is COVID, understandably, with the UK currently owning the top spot in Europe where numbers of gonorrhea infections are concerned, there is a real fear. Hundreds of thousands more people could be affected within the next nine years by 2030. I remember the first time I heard of gonorrhea. It was in the playground, of course. Where else do we learn about these things? And it was an absolute diss. Like, if you were called out as having gonorrhea. That was it. You were just nasty. You were dirty. Nobody touched you. No one go near you. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you were a pariah. If someone said, you got gonorrhea, that's basically what it meant. To tell someone they had gonorrhea was just not pleasant. Like, it was just horrid. It's a bit like calling someone poo face. Obviously, the gonorrhea disc came when we were a bit older than when you would use the word poo face. To be honest, it's not nice even now if you kind of point the finger at someone and accuse them of having gonorrhea. Even as adults, that's still very disrespectful. But at least now we can kind of put it into context in our adult brains. We can understand, well, if that person really does have gonorrhea, this is how it happened or potentially this is how it happened and this is what's going to happen. And we know that treatment can basically rid someone of that as well. Although, again, this is where there's a concern because obviously of the resistance and so on. But, you know, we, we understand things a bit better. It was just pure pygmy savagery. I remember the first time I heard of someone actually having gonorrhea. Oh, my goodness. We must have been about 17, 16 or 17. And I remember one of my male friends telling me that one of his boys used to sleep around. And as a result, contracted gonorrhea and he went into full details about what happened when they went to the STI clinic this was his 
version of events. They put a syringe down the eye of his cock and drew out all of this green discharge and then gave him a course of antibiotics, which I guess is kind of consistent with what would happen. But imagine at the innocent age of 16, stroke 17, not, you're hearing that. Oh my God, I was like, what? Green? And I had all these visions of like luminous green discharge in this man's cock. Oh my God, it was horrific. I'm not going to lie to you. I was just like, I didn't want to be near this dude. And I feel like we, we've all been there. When you're a little bit ignorant to stuff, it's like, ill. Do you know what I mean? Just ill. Yeah, that was strange. That was really, really strange. And then I remember coming back to him a few weeks later and being like, has your friend like got rid of gonorrhea? And he was like, oh, I think so. I was like, are you going to ask him? He was like, no, I'm not going to say nothing. And I remember like me saying to him, how do you feel like being around him? Because I'm suspicious of people, you know? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit suspicious of people. Some people are so bad-minded. I could just imagine someone that had something like that just, I don't know, just excreting in a space or an area where you're just minding your own. I can just, you know, shh, this, is, this is why I don't watch horror films, okay? Because my brain goes from A all the way to Z. Like, it don't do the other however many letters in the alphabet before it gets to Z. It's straight from A to Z. And this is what I'm saying. This is why... I have trust issues with people. I'm joking. I don't have trust issues, but I'm very suspicious of some people. And for me, especially when it comes to like sort of health and kind of cleanliness, which is wrongly what a lot of us associate STIs with. We do automatically presume that STI is about being clean. Obviously, I know that that's not the case. STIs have absolutely nothing to do with someone's hygiene levels most of the time. Sometimes it's questionable, but generally it's about a situation that has occurred that has resulted in something um, unwanted, for want of a better expression. But yeah, oh, I completely digressed from what I was trying to say. In fact, I think I've forgotten what I was trying to say. Yeah, I remember thinking to myself, I wonder how he feels. I remember thinking like, do you actually, like, would you share a cup with him? Like, it's just mad. Like, I'm so glad for education. Honestly, I'm so glad we have education so we can understand shit and just get rid of the ignorance it really is detrimental super gonorrhea you know imagine super gonorrhea to me that sounds like a superhero like do you know what i mean that's like a superhero like i'm visualizing a sort of green iron man kind of thing not hench like the hulk svelte you know svelte like the iron man and swift like i feel like he'll be quick super gonorrhea would be a quick superhero not sluggish i mean i know the hulk's not exactly sluggish but you know because he's got mass he moves kind of a kind of pace even though it's quick enough to fuck you up it's not as quick as say iron man would move from so i feel like super gonorrhea would be swift and he would I don't know. I feel like maybe his superpower would be something like everything he touches either melts or freezes depending on his mood, that kind of thing. I think super gonorrhea would actually be a problem. He would be a problematic superhero. Yeah. I don't even know if he'd be a superhero or a supervillain. Maybe more of a supervillain. Yeah. Super gonorrhea would be a super villain. But jokes aside, let me just break down for you exactly what gonorrhea is. Gonorrhea is a sexually transmitted infection caused by bacteria called Neisseria gonorrhea. That pronunciation was probably really crap. Or gonococcus. That sounds funny. Like, I shouldn't laugh, but gonococcus. Gonococcus. That sounds like something out of Harry Potter or something. Gonococcus. Gonococcus. Yeah, anyway, like I said, it's no laughing matter. Basically, it used to be known as the clap back in the day. And that theory comes from the fact that in pre-antibiotic days, the infection itself was treated by slapping a man's penis against a board or clapping it literally in between two boards in order to force out the infected discharge. 
Oh, how lovely. Imagine clapping your dick in between two boards to get rid of... Oh, how primitive we once were. It was also referred to as the drip sometimes. And I can only imagine... Hmm, I don't want to think about it, but I can only imagine why it was called the drip. The bacteria is mainly found in discharge from the penis and vaginal fluid. And it's very easily passed between people. And that's done through unprotected vaginal, oral or anal sex, sharing vibrators or other sex toys that haven't been washed or covered with a new condom each time. Typical symptoms of gonorrhea include a thick green or yellow discharge from the vagina or penis. Also, there could be pain when going to the toilet when you're having a wee. And in between periods for women, there could be bleeding. Most concerningly, I would say, around one in 10 infected men and almost half of all infected women don't experience any symptoms at all. So that tells you you could be just bowling about with gonorrhea and not even know. This is why it's crucial. If you're having sex, then you need to be up to date and regular with your STI checks for your own health. For example, if you leave gonorrhea untreated, it can spread to your joints and your heart valves. And that's just more issues. More issues than you need. Like, why not just keep on top of something like that? And if unfortunately you do get a dose of gonorrhea, chances are you'll fight that off quite easily. So yeah, the infection itself can also be passed from a pregnant woman to a baby. So again, this is why it's crucial to keep up to date. But I think when you're pregnant anyway here in the UK, they test you for like everything. And I believe gonorrhea is one of the tests. They do the whole shebang because they need to make sure they know what they're dealing with when the baby's been born. These things, as I said, it can be passed on to the baby. And if, it's, if it is passed on, if the woman's being untreated for it and it is passed on, it can cause permanent blindness in a newborn baby. And I don't think there's any woman in the land that would forgive themselves if they permanently blinded their child because they didn't do something so simple and that's just to keep on top of their sexual health. Do you know what I mean? Shit happens, but where you have control of that shit, keep control of it. That's what I would say. Any concerns that you might have regarding your health, sexual health, must get them checked out. To ensure correct treatment, if, if not for anything else. Do you know what I mean? Similar to most other areas of medicine or Medicare, STI services have been hugely disrupted during this pandemic, as you can imagine. That basically means a lot of people have been unable to get seen and there's been a lot of self-diagnosis and self-medicating. Now we're into our, what? second stroke, third lockdown. Things are kind of a bit more smoother in that we kind of know what to expect in terms of lockdown. So I believe that sexual health clinics, well, your GP is still available. It might be, there might be different processes that you have to go through to actually see a GP, but they're still available. There's still healthcare services that are available. So if you are concerned about something, then please don't self-medicate. Do get a proper diagnosis. Guessing things like that is just not the one. It's not like, oh, you've got a bit of a cold. Oh, it could be a cold. It could be flu. I know I'll take beach germs. Then tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be okay anyway. So it's fine. It's not like that. These STIs need to be treated. Does anybody else get the distinct feeling that 2021 is going to be far from easy? I pray I'm wrong though. You know, I really pray I'm wrong. I'm hoping this year turns all the way around and we end up looking back at this year and being like, you know what? It started off a little bit ropey, but we ended on a good one. I'm praying we can say that. If you are affected by the contents of this episode, or are concerned you may well be, please seek the necessary medical assistance as soon as possible in order to get yourself treated. Do remember, in order to live our best lives, we must remove shame and stigma from situations such as these. There is no shame in having an STI. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast. 
Also, if you do the whole social bit, hit me up on a social media. I would love to connect with you there too. You'll find me on Insta and Twitter at Cheryl's World, which is spelled S-H-E-R-R-Y-L-S World. That's Cheryl's World, all one word. Until next week, people, take care.